Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzel of Chronicles the End Times. It's good to have you with us today. Today, we're doing a special podcast on Russia and Russia in Bible prophecy in reference to their invasion of the Ukraine and Crimea and what is going on in Putin's mind. Where's, where's he going? What is he trying to accomplish in this move? Well, as we look to the Bible, and the Bible is always right, <laughs> no matter what changes in society, uh, borders move uh, from decade to decade in countries uh, overseas, but the bottom line is what the Word of God says will transpire in the time that God has for it to transpire. So let's look to the Word of God in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Now those of you who are familiar with Bible prophecy probably have read many articles and heard many teachings on Ezekiel 38 and 39. And as you know, if you had studied it, for many years it has been taught that the land of Magog is Russia and that Gog is the leader of Russia that will get all these nations together and invade Israel in the last days. So let's take a look at the scriptures and see what it has to say. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Prophecy against him and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says, I am against you. O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing swords. Persia, Cush, Put, will be with them, all with shields and helmets. Also Gomer, with all its troops, and Beth Togomar, from the far north, with all its troops, the many nations with you. Get ready, be prepared. You and all your hordes gather about you and take command of them. After many days, you will be called to arms. In the future years, in the last days, you will invade a land that has been recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They have been brought out of the nations, and now all of them live in safety. What a powerful scripture and powerful prophecy uh, Ezekiel is making here. And what are all these strange words and names that he is calling out here that is going to be involved in this army of the north of Israel that's going to come in to invade? Well, let's take a look at some of them. Uh, First, he says, Son of man, set set your face against Gog in the land of Magog. Well, as we look to Scripture, we know that we find that Gog really is a prince. He's the leader. And as the land of Magog, basically, very simply, is the land that Gog controls. And the Scripture also talks about Meshach and Tubal. Now, these are also cities or regions in the land of Magog, which Gog controls and will also be involved in this invasion that Ezekiel is prophesying about. Well, for many years, it has been taught that the land of Magog was Russia, and Meshach and Tubal were 
related to the cities in Russia. And many believe that Russia is going to be the one who's going to garner everyone together and come down and furnish them with arms and goods and all that they need to invade a peaceful Israel. So let's take a look at some of these nations. Persia, Cush, and Put, and talks about Gomer and Beth Togomar. And who are these cities or nations or areas? What is the scripture talking about? These are the ancient names for the tribes that were scattered at the Tower of Babel when God confused their language and dispersed them by families scattered all over the earth, which is what the Lord intended in the beginning for them to replenish the earth and go out. Let's take a look at the names. As we talked about the land of Magog, which up to this point recently was always thought to be Russia, Meshach and Tubal, some cities in Russia, Persia is now Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan, Ethiopia and the Sudan area, Libya, and Gomer is Eastern Europe, and Togomar is Southeastern Europe, which is Turkey. And the scripture says, after many days, you will be called to arms. In the future years, you will invade a land that's recovered from war, whose people have gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. Boy, that is a perfect description of what Israel is today. A nation that became a nation in 1948, in one day, they were declared a nation by the United Nations. They have all been drawn together, hundreds of thousands from every nation in the world, especially from Russia. They have pulled in, and now they are home and made their own state of Israel, their own country, which was, as Scripture said, long desolate. Nobody wanted it. The nomads lived there. Nobody cared about Jerusalem in those days. And who would have guessed, after World War II, after their almost extinction, where over 6 million Jews were killed by Germany alone, not counting what was killed in Russia, that they would have, three years after the end of World War II, their own nation. No one would have bet on that. And so here they are, described in verse 8, as many nations, they've been drawn out of many nations unto the hills and the mountains of Israel and into Jerusalem that had long been desolate. And it says also that they now live in safety. And here we have the situation where those say, well, you know, this doesn't apply to now because certainly Israel doesn't live in safety. Well, they don't live in complete safety. That is absolutely true. We hear of missile attacks and and, uh, bus bombings and on and on it goes. But if you went to Israel, and maybe some of you have, you will see, you know, normalcy. Yes, there are walls up and there's everyone is... uh, commanded to be in the army for a certain period of time over there for their protection. But they are living in relative safety. And at this time, they're going to be invaded, a surprise attack. So let's take a look at how does Russia play in to this? Is Russia really the land of Magog? And is Gog the prince or the leader of Russia that is going to come down? Well, just recently... Uh, many, many blogs and papers have been written 
about the discovery, the archaeological digs that have found the Assyrian royal court documents. Now, in these documents, Magog and Gog are mentioned, and they are located, according to these documents, in Turkey. So now we say, well, you know, then Russia's not involved in this, if that's so, if these uh, documents are correct. And I don't doubt that these documents are correct, and who am I to say that they're not? But I think sometimes we can strain at the gnat and swallow the camel. Those who love to discuss the Bible, read the Bible, and study the Bible, we can argue over uh, these situations and say, well, you know, now we know that it's not Russia, so we don't have to worry about Russia anymore. Uh, Seems a little naive. Uh, So let's take a look at what's going on today after looking at those scriptures. So we see in the news today that Russia has invaded the Ukraine. It's all over the news. We see the rioting and the fires and everything that's going on there. And we see now that they've also invaded Crimea, which is to the south, the peninsula. And so what is Putin doing? Well, his excuse for this is that he's protecting Russians who live in this, these countries. He's protecting these native Russians, and uh, he's afraid that they're going to have harm done to them and He wants them to have their rights, and on and on he says. But do you realize that Hitler used the same format? Hitler invaded the nations around him by saying he needed to protect native Germans. He needed to get in there and protect them, that he wasn't really taking over the country, that he was just going to go in there and protect them. He wanted a presence there. But as we know, Hitler just kept on going nonstop. And so... Do we think that Putin's about to do that? Well, I think to some degree, he feels he needs to get back old Russia. He wants to rebuild Russia into the empire that it was destined to be in his mind. And so they gave up a lot after the Cold War, and he wants it back. Okay, but how far is he willing to go? Those in the know know that Russia has eyes upon the Mideast. There is no question about it. After a meeting in Brussels of the EU heads of state, David Cameron said that Russia had committed a flagrant breach of international law, that what had happened was simply unacceptable, and that this was the most serious crisis in Europe this century. So what do you think they're going to do about it? Not too much. Do you realize that almost one-third of all the natural gas that Europe uses comes from Russia? Russian money, in terms of investment and spending, has helped the economic recovery, both in Europe and the United States. We need their money. And nothing in this world is going to allow those who like to make money to be permitted to stop that flow. And so we have a complete shift in our priorities. Our priorities in the United States and also in Europe, especially in Britain, are now inward. We are looking at health care, and we are looking at the money we're spending in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and we want to pull back, and we can't stretch ourselves any further. And no one is in the mood to spend a lot of money overseas. At this point, Putin is going to have a free highway 
to do what he wants to some extent, and he's taken advantage of it. He is no fool. He is playing this out just like he wants it to turn out. And yet, God's hand is in everything in this world. No one is going to outsmart God. No one is going to do the end run around God in this prophetic word because he says in Jeremiah, I look over my word. I watch over my word to perform it. He's going to make sure that his word is fulfilled. In verse 10, 9 and 10 and 11, the Lord says, You and all your troops and the many nations with you will go up, advancing like a storm, and you will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, On that day, thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme. And you will say, I will invade a land of unwalled villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and gates or bars. And I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods, living in the center of the land. How incredibly descriptive Ezekiel is in this prophecy about Israel. We can see today that they are rich, and they have prospered, and they are living in the center of the land in the Mideast. And Russia will come up with a scheme, an evil scheme, as the Scripture says, and they will attack an unsuspecting people. All of you know today, as much talk there is about peace in the Middle East, it's a fictional story there will never be peace in the Middle East until the King of Peace comes. And we know who that is, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And so we see here that the table is set. The timing of this invasion is up to the Lord himself. But know this for a fact, that Russia will be indeed involved in this invasion and will inspire those nations around them that the Bible has named. But God will deliver them in an incredible miracle because he will defend his people. Why? Because they're righteous and great people? No, because he is great and he is righteous and he's made promises that he has decided to keep. And I'm glad that God keeps his promises, aren't you? Because when we were nothing and we didn't care about him, He died for us because he first loved us. And so he will fulfill all the promises that he has made to Israel, and he will defend them despite themselves for his own glory, that his name will be known throughout the world. This is Russ Gals of Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you so much for listening. The next podcast will be a continuation of intercessory prayer and we will look to Exodus chapter 33 till then God bless keep looking up the king is coming